You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, it's Lucy Dickens here. Welcome back to the Doing Law Differently podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the topic of a recent blog post that got quite a bit of traction on LinkedIn. A couple of weeks ago, I gave away 10 free coaching sessions that I first sent out to the people who are subscribed to my mailing list. So if you're not on there and you would like to be for future, you can subscribe at lucydickens.com.au. I only send emails about once a fortnight, so you're definitely not going to be bombarded. But when I delivered these coaching sessions, and because I did them in such close duration, I recognized one common challenge that really stood out as being something that most people were struggling with. And that was how to get started with implementing all the ideas that they have in their business. I wrote a short post about this and published it on my website. And my advice in that was taken from the film Frozen, which I'm sure many of you will have seen. And if you haven't seen, perhaps you've also, like me, got the soundtrack on repeat if you have young children in your house. If you haven't seen the movie, let me fill you in with just the relevant part. In the darkest moment of the film, Princess Anna is faced with uncertainty about what she's going to do after she thinks that she's lost her sister Elsa. In the face of all this grief and uncertainty, of course, she breaks into song because that's what they do in Disney movies, right? But the song, in the song, she reminds herself to do the next right thing. And having had the song on repeat for weeks now in my house, I've started to see analogies with the frozen just do the next right thing in all other areas of my life. So what has this song about overcoming depression got to do with legal innovation? Well, like I said, one of the most common questions that I'm asked is how to get started with turning those ideas into action and actually making this change happen. So my new answer is to just do the next right thing. As with anything new, change in law firms can feel really overwhelming But often this uncertainty about how to take the first step and how to get from where I am today to where I would like to be in the future, that uncertainty often stops people from doing anything at all. But remember, you don't need to overhaul your whole business in one swoop. You just need to do the next right thing. Thank you, Frozen. So look at implementing a fixed price scope for one client. Perhaps you can map a process in one area or start by asking one customer for feedback. Maybe you want to experiment with flexible work and you could come up with some flexible working arrangements for one staff member before you then roll it out to the whole firm. Or maybe you want to test one new piece of technology. I really like this just do the next right thing idea because it reminds us how important those small steps are and how those small steps can add up to big changes over time. Regardless of what business we're in, it's really easy to look at other people and want to be at the stage that they are. But when we do that, we often forget that this innovation or this development is always a journey and we can't just go from traditional law to whiz-bang new law firm. There's going to be a lot to learn on the way. So taking small steps encourages us to see it as a journey and to recognize that any change, so long as we're heading in the right direction, is a step on the path. So I know you've got ideas and you don't know what to do with them. And my advice is to just do the next right thing. Just get started with small steps that are going to get you going on your journey. In keeping with this theme about getting started, I thought I would share with you the first three steps in my nine step framework for designing a sustainable law firm that lets people take a holiday. 
Most people are really keen to dive in with the whiz-bang technology or the online document sales or whatever their greatest and latest idea is, but I always bring them back to these three foundation blocks that I really think are essential to get right in the first place. So while my advice around how to make change happen is to just do the next right thing and take small steps so that you'll you know, get the ball rolling, I also think it's really important to get these three foundation blocks right first. So I make sure I bring people back to these foundations. And given that we're talking about getting started, I thought I would share them on this episode. So the first thing that I would encourage you to look at is to understand your purpose. Now, if like me, you've been to a few professional conferences in the last few years, you might be feeling a little bit tired of this start with why idea. Yes, I have also grown a little bit tired of listening to these talks. So whenever I do give presentations around these topics, I make sure to keep my start with why piece a little bit on the shorter side. But although I might be tired of listening to people talk about it, it doesn't mean that I've grown tired of the message because the idea about understanding your why, understanding your purpose is really crucial. Like I always say, if you're going to redesign your business, you might as well make it one that you love. So I say, imagine what you want your life to look like. What do you want your business to look like? What's the ideal? And work back from there. So spend some time working out your values, your vision, and yes, your why, because this really does provide a framework for you to assess all of your ideas against. Next time you have a light bulb moment or what you think is a really cool idea or you come across this really cool new piece of technology that you just have to have, you can bring it back to this number one. What is your purpose? Does this actually fit with my mission? And you can assess that idea against here. And if not, maybe it just needs to be parked for a little while. You've all told me that one of the things that's stopping you from doing what you want to do is time. So we don't have time to be distracted. What's your purpose? What do you want your business to look like? What do you want your life to look like? And then bring it back from there. Often a criticism of this approach is that we're running a business, right? We need to make money. I know that. And I know that we can't make money with just talking about purpose and why. But there's this really great concept called Ikigai, which is a Japanese concept that roughly translates into reason for being. This has become my favorite model for helping people to work out what their purpose is. Ikigai looks at four areas to identify your purpose. It looks at what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. So it absolutely recognizes the need to make money. It's about integrating all of those components of life. So working out what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and then finding the cross-section that you can be paid for. And it's a really interesting exercise to help find that overlap between your values and your purpose and your business's values and purpose. The second thing that I encourage people to do, the second foundation block, is to just check in with their mindset. And I would encourage us to adopt what's known as a designer's mindset. In the legal profession, we're taught to follow precedent. I remember being at uni and when I was writing exams, being told that we had to choose a position. We had to go black or white, even if we thought that the answer was somewhere in the middle and a bit more of a shade of grey. And in practice, we talk about cases as being won or lost and failure is something that is frowned upon and that we all try to avoid. But the designer's mindset is different to this. It encourages a new way of looking at challenges. A couple of the key components of the designer's mindset are that designers are taught to observe, be curious, ask questions, and not to blindly accept that we've always done it that way, not to just follow precedent, but rather to question everything they do to work out, is there a better way? 
It's a bit of a shame, but the word empathy seems to have become a little bit overused because it is a really good word. But look, empathy is key. We need to make sure that we understand other people and not understanding them by making assumptions about what they might be thinking or feeling, but by talking to them and engaging with them to work out what they are thinking or feeling. And the most important people for us to be empathizing with are our clients, our customers and our staff. Another part of this mindset is around failure, particularly learning from failure. In general, we often try to avoid failure. Perhaps it comes from the competitiveness of university or perhaps from the personality types of the people that find themselves in the legal profession. But we do tend to try and avoid failure. I think we can change the way we think about failure to instead see it as opportunities to learn. So instead of telling ourselves that we failed, tell ourselves that, okay, that didn't work, but what did I learn from that? And what can I do differently next time? That really helps to reframe in our minds from thinking about something as being negative to thinking about it as being a learning opportunity, a way to grow from our mistakes. And I think the thing that really underlies this designer's mindset is around optimism, around embracing the idea that there's always a better way, that the way we do things or the way things have been done in the past isn't necessarily the right way or the best way, and that there's always another alternative. I include this mindset as the second thing that I focus on in my nine steps. And that's because I think it's really important if we're going to go on this journey of redesigning our businesses and changing the way we do law, to not go into that with the same frame of mind that we were when we were practicing law in a traditional way. We need to be open to change and willing to embrace and accept different ways of doing things. And I think this idea of the designer's mindset is something that's really helpful for us to sort of help our brains retrain in many ways to see things in a different way. Okay, number three. So that's enough of you. And now it's time for your customers. The third foundation block for redesigning your business is to focus on your customers. I say that you should put your customers at the heart of your business and anchor everything you do around them. As I said before, this involves talking to your customers to truly understand them, truly understand their fears and frustrations, truly understand what it is that they want to achieve. It also involves designing services that are solutions to their problems. And that almost certainly means looking beyond the legal issues because people don't live their lives in practice areas. They don't necessarily perceive their problems as legal problems. I'm sure you can all relate to having conversations with clients where they want to tell you about the emotional aspect or the relationships with their family and you've tried to park that to the side and just let's just focus on the legal issues here. But if we can design services that actually embrace all of that, that help people to solve their whole problem, not just the legal problem, we're going to end up with a much better business, but we're also going to end up with much happier clients because we can help them in the whole of life, not just on the legal issues. So the third foundation block involves really getting to know your customers, understanding your customers, knowing who they are, knowing what it is that they want to achieve and working out how you can help them to solve their problem as a whole, not just how you can give advice about the legal piece on that problem. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the answer, but it means how you can work with others, how you can collaborate perhaps with other professionals to provide that bigger picture solution. So those three foundations, start with your purpose, adopt a designer's mindset, and then focusing on your customers. Those are the three foundation blocks 
that you need to get right at the beginning. And those are going to set you up for success. And they're also going to make the rest of your transformation journey much, much clearer. Like I said at the beginning, every time you have an idea or every time you're faced with a challenge or a problem, you can bring it back to those foundations and ask yourself how it fits within those things. That's going to help you to prioritize it because we're all short on time and also to assess whether it's the right decision for you to be making now. Once you've got those foundations in place, then you can move on with your business strategy and optimizing your operations. But it's really important to get those foundations right as the essential first step. If you want some help working through your foundation blocks, I offer one-on-one coaching, either as a one-off or in a three or six-month block. I can help you tackle a one-off issue or we can work through your whole business redesign. What I really love to do is to help leaders of boutique law firms to design, package and systemize the delivery of their services so that they can have more time for the things that they love, bringing it back to that purpose, the reason why they set up the business in the first place. Some feedback I've had from coaching clients lately is that they really love that I have practical hands-on experience. So I'm not just coming up with these ideas as an outsider. I'm actually trialing and testing and doing these things myself within our law firm. So if you want some guidance, mentorship, advice, or accountability, I would love to help you. You can find out more at lucydickins.com.au forward slash coaching. The other thing I'd love to know is what kind of topics you'd like to hear from me on on these solo episodes. A few of you have sent me some topic requests, things that you'd like to hear my advice on, but I'd love to hear some more because it's really important to me to tailor the content of the podcast to exactly what it is that you're after. So let me know how I can help. My practical experience extends across all areas of legal practice management and particularly focusing on the business of law. So let me know what you'd like to hear from me and I will be sure to tailor the podcast episodes around that. That's all for this week. I'm going to leave you to go and think about your ikigai and your reason for being and how you've incorporated that into your business or perhaps how you could incorporate that more into your business. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. So that's all from Doing Law Differently today. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, I'd love it if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes. It makes a big difference because it really helps other people to find out about the show. And lastly, if you or someone who you know is doing law differently, then send them my way at doinglawdifferently.com.au forward slash guest. I'd love to have as much variety on the show as possible. So do send them over. See you next week.